This episode is brought to you by Bray Wealth Insights. As an entrepreneur, there are many things to know. Bray Wealth Insights is in the business of helping business owners gain clarity. Many owners do not understand the importance of the relationship between their business, their personal estate plan, and their workforce. Bray Wealth Insights helps entrepreneurs to build business continuation plans, recruit, retain, and reward key employees, and with cutting-edge surveys and tools, they help owners to understand what their workforce values. With their business expertise and wide network of professionals, they are sure to help in any of your business needs. For more information, you can contact Bray Wealth Insights at info at braywi.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-R-A-E-W-I.com. Now back to our regular scheduled programming. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Leverage and Beverage, a show about business building with insights into some really cool beverages. We'll hear stories and talk business, talk business strategy, and chat about tasting notes. I'm Greg Sobosinski, and today on the show, we have Lori Colasanti of uh, the Job Exchange Associates. Lori, how are you? Good, good. How are you, Greg? Good, good. Thanks for coming on. Sure, no problem. Um, So we're starting a new segment on this show, and it's called What's on Your Mind? Uh, so this is something that I, I just think is interesting just to kind of see what the general vibe is and, uh, what's coming across your desk and what's coming across, uh, your line of vision in the world. So, um, what's on your mind, Lori? Well, um, I'm glad I don't bank at Silicon Valley bank. Um, so I guess the first thing that came to mind is the economic uncertainty that we're all hmm. going to be facing this year and what that will mean for business. Um, and how that's going to play out. Cause I think it looks very different now than it did 30 days ago. Sure. Sure. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a ever changing world as, yes. as we can see. And so as a business owner, you're, you're probably more privy to that than, than most people. Yeah. Are. And I, I, I think I see some uncertainty more now than I did in January. And I think that the feds, um, attempt to cool down the job market is working. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you see the direct result of that every day. <laughs> I do. I do. I often, um, when the numbers come out monthly, I often think, I don't know why they do that survey. They should just call me and ask me how, <laughs> how I'm feeling and what I'm seeing. And they could save themselves a lot of time. Yeah, so. absolutely. So let, let's dive into that. What What is uh, the Job Exchange Associates and, and what kind of work do you guys do? Right. So we are a recruiting firm, a uh, staffing firm, uh, whichever, you know, whichever one fits. Um, so we work with employers and candidates in the Montgomery, Chester, Delaware, Bucks County areas, and we help the employers find people for the openings that they have. So, mm-hmm. and we focus on accounting roles, human resources roles, marketing, administration, office support, sales, customer service, kind of the core business jobs that every business has to have. Right. Um, we don't do anything in the IT area. We don't do um, specialized roles. Um, you know, right now I can't think of any off the top of my head, but IT, we don't work in education. We don't place teachers. We don't place uh, medical people. Um, just, you know, kind of the, I used to call it the meat and potatoes of the workforce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. Cause ever, even if you're not an accounting firm, you might still see, need someone to, to do your numbers. Yeah. X, Y, and Z. So yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Everybody needs an accountant. Everybody needs an assistant. Everybody needs customer service people. Not everybody needs an HR person, but you get to a certain size and you do. Sure. Everybody needs a salesperson. So yeah, those those core business operation roles. So let's go into your, your backstory a little bit. So how did you um, get into this field? Or is this something you've been in since you were like 15 years old? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems that way. No, I did not go to college and and think that I wanted to major in in recruiting and staffing. I didn't even know what it was. So I have a communications degree from Temple. Um, I had a couple of jobs in public relations, communications back in the mid to late 80s. Mm-hmm. And I met some people in Montgomery County who were heading up the Conshohocken Economic Development Corporation. And if you're familiar with Conshohocken from back in the day, it was a steel town 
And 30 years ago, they were trying to um, attract businesses to Conshohocken. Mm. So the state and the federal government had a program where they would designate a geographic area as an enterprise zone, and they would um, give companies tax breaks if Got they it. relocated to that area. It was working. They asked me to um, write a proposal to recruit candidates for the companies that were in the enterprise zone in Conshohocken. So the Job Exchange Associates was originally called the Greater Conshohocken Job Exchange. What, what uh, a mouthful. <laughs> yes, yes. Anytime Conshohocken is involved, it's a mouthful. <laughs> but um, they they asked me to write a proposal. And then a year later, they asked me to implement that proposal. Hmm. And that was in 89. And so we did that for five years. And it was really just working with companies in a very specific geographic area. And that went very well. It was all pre, I had a computer with a database, but I, you know, it's laughable now uh, what it was in the time that it took to, to use it. So um, we did that for five years and funding ran out mm. and the very generous um, president of the greater Conshohocken Economic Development <laughs> Corporation said to me, Lori, if you would like to take this job exchange thing and do it yourself and see if you can expand it and run it as your own business, you're welcome to do that. Mm. And little did I know at the time what he was gifting me. Um, right. And, uh, and so we, we, uh, decided to give it a go. I decided to give it a go. There was no, we, um, it was me. And what happened was I happened to be filling jobs during the dot-com rush, mm. you know, the, the mid to late nineties. And so it worked. Um, we expanded, I expanded the area. Um, we started to work with employers outside of Conshohocken, King of Prussia, Wayne, um, the route, uh, the Great Valley Malvern 202 corridor, and and it worked. And so originally, when he said that I could have the business, I said, "Well, okay, I'll just do this until my kids get old enough, and then I'll get a real job." And <laughs> by the time the kids got old enough and were in school full time, I had a real business, and that was about '98, mm. and that's when I incorporated, and we. Um, got some office. And by that time it was, there were a couple of us, we got some office in college, uh, office space in Collegeville and started, you know, really expanding. And, you know, it was late nineties and I was selling umbrellas when it was raining. How did, how did you know to, to run with it? Were you, uh, what was your thought process at that point? Were you, when they were handing this to you, were you just like, <laughs> I, I, I want to run with it? Or is it just like, well, it's here. So I might as well try this. Yes. What was the, what was the thought okay. process? So if they said that to me in 94 and 95, I had a five-year-old and a three-year-old and a husband who worked full-time and this job was very flexible and it wasn't full-time at the, at that point. And I'm like, this is as good as anything right now. I might as well just stay with what I know. And I started to make money, mm. good money, money that nobody else would ever pay me mm. uh, running my own show. And it just was very gradual that, yeah, I like this. Yeah, this is great. Finding people jobs is emotionally rewarding and financially rewarding. So I'm like, I'm, I, this looks good to me. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it. So, you know, it, and I did. And I guess that the skill set is basically just pulling what you had already been doing prior at this exchange. Yeah, or... yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was the same, it was the same job. Um, you know, I had to teach myself and and not myself. I, I went out to a lot of trainers in the industry. I had not worked for a staffing or recruiting firm prior to working for the nonprofit. Mm. So once we were no longer a nonprofit, I had to really figure out how does one run a for-profit recruiting and staffing firm. Right. So um, little by little, um, I got myself trained through a lot of professional contacts and and people in the industry that were out there, you know, selling their their training and and I met other 
recruiters at other agencies and, and little by little learned how you do this and not be a nonprofit. Mm. Um, and I'm still learning. <laughs> yeah. I, I would love to hear more about that because I think that's something that people don't um, have access to a lot is, or I guess they have a lot of access, but they have to know where, where to go. Yeah. So it's like, I, I, I need this skill set in yeah. order to make this business potentially I haven't yeah. profitable. Um, you know, what was going through your head at that point? Because it's yeah. the kind of thing like if you don't make something happen at some point or or soon-ish, mm -hmm. the well could run dry. Mm -hmm. And so what what is that? What's going okay. through your head at that point? So we we get we get to the mid-90s. Um, I've got two or three employees working for me. I am selling umbrellas when it's raining. So it didn't really matter too much how we did things because mm -hmm. business was coming in left and right. Right. Um, we're we're getting job orders from companies, we have candidates looking for work, we're making the matches, um, and it's working. And then what happened was 9-11 mm. and the dot-com bubble burst at the same time. And I had to learn how to bring business in, which is what I didn't know how to do because I hadn't needed to do it <laughs> right. up until that point. Right. All right. So that is where I had to really spend some time finding trainers in the business. And what I did was I joined professional organizations. I joined recruiting, national recruiting organizations, the National Association for Personnel Consultants, the uh, American Staffing Association. Um, I joined professional organizations that gave me access to trainers in the field. And I figured if they were a national organization in the industry, they should be picking people who know what they're doing. And they did. And they were, it was good training. I was scheduled to go to Kansas city for like a week training before nine 11 hit. Mm. And that uh, I scheduled a week after and I ended up not going, he ended up doing the training in New York city um, <clears throat> for those of us on the East coast. So yeah, I had to learn. I had to teach. I didn't, I didn't, I don't want to say I had to teach myself, but I had to find somebody to teach me mm. how to do this because I had no experience in recruiting and, and staffing. There's one thing you said that really stuck out to me. And you said, um, I was doing this other than going and getting a real job. Right. <laughs> so I, what's, what's a real job? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious because it, it seems like, you know, that might be a, something where entrepreneurs find themselves in mm -hmm. is like this, oh, I'm doing this thing. It's mm -hmm. kind of working, mm -hmm. but in the back of your head, you're like, oh, maybe she got a real job. job. You know, like what, what is that? Walk, walk me through that. At that time. In in nineteen in the mid nineteen nineties, it would have meant um, not working at home, which I was doing before it was everybody else right. was doing. <laughs> um, it would have meant full time. It would have meant um, you know being somewhere every day for eight hours a day with a steady paycheck and benefits and and all of those things that go along with um, the employment contract you know, when, when you're working for somebody, which I didn't have working for myself, um, it, it didn't feel like a real job until I had two or three or four employees. And then I'm like, yeah, this is, this, this is real. Now this, this is a good segue. And then how, how did that, how did the scaling process work? So I'm mm -hmm. guessing you're doing this job. Mm -hmm. It gets to a certain critical mass where you're like, okay, I can't do it and, myself anymore. Right. I got, <laughs> I got to bring somebody in to do pieces of this job mm -hmm. so that I can focus on the places where I need to focus. Right. Um, what was the first rung of that ladder, if you will? Well, the first rung of that ladder was to hire somebody to just help me with the mundane tasks of, mm -hmm. of running a business and, talking to candidates um, initially. And I hired a, a friend of mine and, you know, she's still with me 30 wow. years later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she's grown and, and still does the same thing, but doesn't do the same thing. It's, it's crazy how you can be in the same business and not do anything that you did 30 years ago, but still be in the same business. Um, and then I had to look for people to help me fill the jobs. Um, recruiters, somebody who was going to go out there and do the work that I was doing. Um, and I hired um, people who I had known who worked for other recruiting firms or people who were in HR departments for a client. Um, and I, I, I probably got myself in over my head, you know, before 9-11 with not really knowing what I was doing and not really knowing how to weather a downturn. Mm. 
and we had some attrition and then 9-11 hit. And we had, then we also had a, a, a revolution in, in computer software where um, I actually had to lay somebody off because the software did her job and I didn't need her anymore. Mm-hmm. She was with us from five years from the beginning. She was never going to be a recruiter, um, but she was a great admin. But, you know, when the software can parse the resume, you don't need somebody to do it for you. So, yeah, that, so I'm sure that's something you might have an interesting take on in today's world mm-hmm. where some of that software acceleration, not just in your oh, field, yeah. but all across the board, maybe talk about that. What's, what's the, uh, the impact oh, that you're oh seeing on, on, on job market with uh, all the, you know, all the tech that's being built out? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, it's huge. We, um, we don't need as many, ma- I had seven employees in 1999. I have three and a half now. We do more business with three and a half employees than we did with seven 25 years ago, more revenue. And that is, some of that is because salaries have increased and we get a percentage of the salary. But I would say half of it is because of technology Hmm. and the ability to have a database at your fingertips. Um, I don't have to go through files of resumes to find matches. I mean, it was a very in paper intensive business (laughs) (laughs) prior to the early 2000s and and they've only gotten better and allow us to do more um with less staff more productivity but the whole world has seen that that's just not my industry um so it it sounds like time was really the the thing that it it freed up for you yes yes you didn't have to Go, go through those physical files. Yeah, you could just yeah. search. I could just, boom, I have yeah, it. Yeah, I I can put parameters into a database and get ten resumes to spit out at me um, to come out instead of sitting there with a file folder, you know, paging through resumes and looking at them. So <clears throat> we we touched on this before when we were speaking prior, but um, it sounds like the um the onset of Zoom and some of these other virtual things has have even further. Oh God, yes. That. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Pre-COVID, um, I have an office in Limerick. Um, I service the Montgomery, Chester, Delaware, Bucks County areas. If I had a candidate, if I had a job in um, Rumal and the candidate lived in Newtown Square, I could not expect that candidate to come to my office in Limerick for a face-to-face interview. Um, it just wasn't going to happen. I had to go to them, especially if they were working. Mm. So I spent so much time in the car driving to interviews um, and spending time in front of people that now I save all that time because of Zoom. And Zoom was around before COVID. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't a widely accepted tool for conducting first interviews for staffing agencies. Um, The employer wanted to know that you had taken the time to meet that candidate and evaluate that candidate in person. Mm. And so therefore I had to go and see them and all of that changed overnight. And we found out it works. It's a great tool. I, 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 yeah, it's, it's a game changer. I've seen seen the same thing in in my business as well. It's like, there's still some meetings that I think make sense to have in person. Mm -hmm. But, you know, by and large for meetings before where you would have to either, you know, drive 30, 40 minutes to get there, have the meeting come back. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, you can just do it in 25 minutes and you're done. Yes, yes. And so I think people are really getting, um, you know, used to this concept of mm-hmm. bringing time back on the table yes. and allocating it to where they want to. Want to instead of it, it being in the car. And yeah. I think, I mean, I've seen that people who I know who have like corporate jobs mm-hmm. who had this ability to work from home, mm-hmm. now they're being called back mm-hmm. in and it's like, they're really pushing back because yes. they see the difference in lifestyle that we, they have. We have had employers, the HR departments reach out to us and say, hey, the CEO is making everyone come back in three days a week. And we just want to give you a heads up that we anticipate we are going to have some attrition because of the requirement to come back three days a week. So here's a heads up. We might need two or three customer service people in two months. And that that has happened. 
Mm-hmm. It has happened. It, it, we had an employer reach out in January, say everyone has to be back three days. I know not everyone's going to be happy with that. And they just called last week and said, yep, we just had to resign. They got other jobs where they can work from home all time, all the time. So Yeah. I mean, it's almost like this, um, a way to hack things in that they're able to still have a normal nine to five job mm-hmm. with that, you know, confidence of being paid from an employer. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they almost have a piece of it is also their way on their terms where mm-hmm. they can do it on their time. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know, it's really an interesting thing where it seems like that a lot of the individuals looking for jobs have kind of tried to commandeer the the, the ship, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. But I think we've also all learned that it can be done at home. Yeah. It can be. It's hard to argue um, with with that. Um, you know, I, personally, I think hybrid is is the best. I mean, that would be best for me. I would have been best for me at any point in my my career. Um, I would not have wanted to be completely remote. Um, but we all know we don't need to be there five days a week, eight hours a day to get the job done. Right. We know that now, and we didn't know that before. So what's your, what's your thought on employers who are kind of, um, you know, put, putting the hammer down? Yeah. Well, I think they'll, they'll lose some people, but it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Um, if everyone does that, then, um, employees won't have as much choice mm-hmm. if everyone's doing it. So it, it's going to be interesting. I don't think anyone who still has any employer right now who still has employees working from home is going to require them to come back in five days. I think that there would just be a revolt um, on their staff. And I think their staff could easily find hybrid right. hybrid opportunities. So that would be foolish on the owner or CEO's part. Um, where it will all shake out five years from now, I don't know, but I don't, you know, you swing the gate one way, it generally doesn't come back the other. So yeah. We'll see, but you know, are, are there any other things that you've seen in your, in your tenure that have, you know, um, been as disruptive as no, this, no, no, nothing, no, no, this has been the most disruptive. It was also, it had silver linings. I mean, I want to be respectful of everyone who's lost a loved one or, or gotten sick and, and, and suffered in that way. But I think that overall, um, there were a lot of silver linings that came out of this crisis for employees, Mm. um, that may, may have taken a lot longer to get to if it hadn't been for COVID. And, and most of that is, is the virtual and, and the, the ability to work from different places and have some more control, um, and it's it's a competitive job market. No matter what happens with the economy, there is a lack of bodies hmm. in the thirty to five thirty thirty to forty five range. There just aren't enough bodies to replace the ones that are retiring. Ah, uh, yeah. And so there's a demographic issue. So you know, employers have to be aware that even if the economy dips a little bit. Um, and it will, I mean, it's always going to have its ups and downs, but we have a real demographic problem. You just can't create a 40 year old out of thin air. You only have as many 40 year olds as you have. <laughs> right. And I, I guess, and I guess with, to your point with all of these, uh, boomers kind of moving out mm-hmm. and retiring, mm-hmm. you're having even more of a, yes. I mean, like, again, I, I, I think, um, maybe you've heard the same thing, but a lot of employers who've either people have resigned or moved on or they fired people are kind of bringing them back because we need people to fill some of these roles. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a, you know, there's a, there's an overall demographic issue, which we knew was coming. People have been saying that for years. Um, I do think it's here. We have a terrible time finding accountants. Um, there are so many boomer accountants who are retiring Wow. and younger people in their twenties, thirties, maybe early forties have so many other choices. If, if you have a skill set that, that it, um, leans towards accounting, that is a skill set that can be used in a, a variety of, of industries. And there's just so many choices that young people have, and they're not making it to go into accounting. <laughs> and I think that if you talk to any CPA, they will concur, you know, they will agree with that or confirm that um, kids just aren't majoring in accounting. 
what would you, well, I mean, I'm kind of case in point. I, I actually mm-hmm. was an accounting and finance major. There you go. And my senior year, I actually switched it to business management. That's what I switched to. So why'd you switch? Um, pretty simple. I didn't want to be an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> what was it about being an accountant that you didn't like? I don't know. I guess I couldn't picture myself doing it. Even now I'm looking at it. I'm like, I don't, I, I don't see me doing it, but I can see where some of those skills would be useful oh, yeah. in the work that I do. They're great. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're so I, I, I see the benefit. Mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I guess part of me deep down just didn't see myself joining this yeah. tribe of CPAs. Well, a, lo- a lot of people don't want to, I think a lot of younger people are very um, interested in a work-life balance and that it does not go along with the way we have our tax system set up in that you have from um, basically January 30th to April 15th. <laughs> yeah to get all of that done and, you know, accountants putting, you know, 70, 80 hours of work weekend um, in the spring is just not something that a 30 or 35 year old wants to do. And I don't blame them. I don't either. I I don't have a judgment on that. I don't blame myself. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, there, there are some who might, but you know, uh, life is short. And, but uh, yeah, well, well, it's be interesting to see where certain fields like this, where people aren't gravitating towards it more because Again, maybe this is more of like an even even more macro view of the type of work people are looking for in general. I think mm-hmm. people want to do work that is like either doesn't feel like work to them mm-hmm. or they can they can do something that they really enjoy, mm-hmm. not a nine to five hybrid something. Yeah. And a lot of these traditional jobs are that. Yeah. So it's like how yes. how do you how do we fill these voids that are gonna yeah. creep up, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. And accounting is one of those jobs that you I think you can do from anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need sure, to be. Sure. Yeah in a, in our office with everybody else. And I have a, some more traditional CPA firms who are managed by traditional seasoned owners, um, who are not comfortable with their accountants, not in the office. And mm. I think that's a detriment to them, but you know, not my decision. What, what's your, um, opinion on some of this? Let's say, look at like 15, 20 years down the line. Mm. And that's a long way to, yeah, to forecast, but I, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm saying with, with your insight into some of these areas, seeing it all the time, um, are there any things in the future that you think will become more popular, less popular, or just um, really kind of shape the job market in the future? Well, I, I just don't think we can go back to the way things were, that there have been changes and they will continue. There will continue to be changes. And I think that employees and younger ones are going to want and ask for flexibility. And I I think all of that is good. Mm-hmm. I think that as employers, we have to put systems in place that allow us to manage and uh, value, um, evaluate employer employees instead of just knowing that just because they're down the hall in an office means that they're working. Sure. Right. Yeah. That doesn't mean that they're working. Yeah. Yeah. It really doesn't. How do you put in a system that lets you, and I don't even want to use the word monitor, but just lets you evaluate whether somebody's getting their work done or not, you know, whether they're being productive, there right. has to be a way to, to, to manage and to, um, look at productivity other than just knowing that the body's in the hallway down, you know, yeah, at the end of the, yeah, the exactly. The it, it seems like the way things might trend is towards work being more project-based yes. as opposed to being time-based. Yes. Like yes. we're going to pay you by the hour. It's like, well, no, we'll pay you by this project. By project. And yeah. so if you can do it in two weeks, great. Mm-hmm. You can do it in three months. Okay. That's on you. But And, and that is the way my business has been for 25 years because we are a contingency-based firm. So we can get seven projects, work on all of them, but only get paid on four. And Mm. two of those may have taken us three days to complete. Mm. The other two may have taken us six weeks, but it's a, it's a per project. It doesn't matter how much time I put in. Right. I mean, you know, I've, I've had six, sorry, five figure fees that I've made in three days. Right. And then four figure fees that take me six months. <laughs> <laughs> right. It, it, it's wild, but I, I think it is, it's a better sense. It's the, the burden of, you know, getting the work done is on you. Yeah. If you, if you manipulate your systems to be as efficient as possible, yeah. you can really, really yeah. do really well. And I, I, I think that's, that's where it's headed. And I think that that's a very mature and 
um, emotionally um, healthy way to manage. Yeah, I rather, agree. Rather than just knowing the person's yeah. in the the butts in the seat. Absolutely. <clears throat> um, so. so tell us about this this famous uh, ice <laughs> iced tea we have here. Yeah, my beverage. So this iced tea is homemade, decaffeinated. And, um, and, and I forgot to tell you that, uh, I do have a couple of additives. So, um, somebody introduced me to buy water uh, hmm. a couple of years ago. And so this is iced tea with a splash of coconut hmm. by water and a splash of clementine by water. Wow. And, uh, it's always got ice in it. It's I'm, I'm an ice addict. Um, my husband, we've had to have the refrigerator ice crusher repair twice. <laughs> uh, because I, I, I crushed the ice out of the dispenser so much that it broke. Um, but yeah, I, it's with me all day. It's with me all day. How did you start down this, uh, this trail here? Well, iced tea is a family, uh, drink. Okay. And generally it's, it's much sweeter. Yeah. Um, but this is unsweetened because you know, calories and, uh, and the buy water, um, I don't want this to be an advertisement for buy water, but, uh, yeah, brought to you by, <laughs> yeah, brought to you by, buy water. Um, actually one of my office mates introduced it to me and I just kind of experimented with it. And, uh, there's nothing like iced tea and an orange flavor. Um, I'm sure there's a mixed drink like that somewhere. Yeah. Um, and from time to time at home, if on a picnic or a celebration, I will add some peach schnapps. Thanks to my mother, she introduced <laughs> me to that. So, how'd you come up with the recipe? Though, is it just something you experienced? Oh, I just with? did it. Like, oh, I think yeah. I want some of this. Some yeah. of that. Yeah, I, somebody. I have. I really have no idea. I've been doing this for probably five or six years. Um, somebody introduced me to buy water, and I I love iced tea, and it's a no calorie drink, and I but I just needed a little bit sweeter, and I'm like, you know what? Let me let me try this. And I got to have the coconut and the clementine and the Costa Rica clementine is always sold out no matter <laughs> where I go. So sometimes I have to order that online. Wow. The coconut, people don't seem to be as attracted to the coconut, but the clementine, very popular stuff. It's, it's so funny. I, I've never, I've never heard of those two. I don't, it's it's pretty cool. It's, yeah. it's pretty uh, proprietary. Yes, you gotta remember. It, is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Coconut and, 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 and clementine, Costa Rica clementine. I don't know what the coconut is. Well, how do you stumble upon the Costa Rican clementine as opposed and that's to that's the buy water. Oh, it's just the, yeah, okay. Yeah, got it. Yeah. That's just what they call it. <laughs> sure. Um, very cool. And then, so the, 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 the unsweetened though, that's kind of a, uh, people, a lot of people, I know a lot of people who drink iced tea, but mm -hmm. it's always just like the the sweetened version. Yeah, and it gets. I think it's um, it's almost like cloying after a while. You know, it's kind of a uh, thick and yeah. almost a little bit syrupy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It 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 can be. Um, and you know, my motivation. I mean, I like sweet stuff for sure, but you know, my motivation is is definitely calorie oriented. Yeah, and yeah, no, and no added sugar kind of thing. You know. So is this the official drink of the, the job exchange? Of well, it's the official drink of, of Lori, they, they all, they, you know, I'm not a coffee drinker. And, um, so I'm, I'm generally an odd woman out, um, when it comes to, um, my staff, because everybody else is a, a real big coffee drinker. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a coffee drinker either. No, I, I, I was not, um, I grew up in a household that was, did not encourage children to drink coffee. Hmm. Now my husband grew up in a very Italian um, at, at very like two generations, I, I think his grandparents lived with him and, and they were from Italy and that he was drinking coffee at six or seven years old. Wow. It was just cultural, just, just a different culture. And, you, and you've, and you've gradually changed him over to your iced tea. No, no, <laughs> no. I'm crazy. Um, if I have one fault, it's that I don't drink coffee. Yeah. So yeah, he would, he would really like me to drink coffee. I just never, um, acquired a taste for it. It's too, um, I don't know, too bitter. Maybe. I don't know. Like my sweet stuff. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, so back to, um, some of the things you mentioned as far as a database, it seems like the database for oh, you God. guys is, is it's, very important. It's, 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 and it was more important the last three years than it's ever been because we needed candidates from, from a business perspective what I had taken 20 years to build came back to me in spades hmm. over the last three years after we got through the worst of COVID because 
can't, uh, employers needed a lot of people. And I had a ready to go database of people who had been screened and spoken to and interviewed. And we, we, it was just the best to have it because people were not, there were so many postings on Indeed and ZipRecruiter that our, our postings weren't being seen by people. And if it weren't for the database that I had already created, we would not have done as well as we did hmm. the last couple of years. It's been a good couple of years to be a recruiter, no doubt about it. So, and was that, how, how, how did you guys fare over, um, over COVID? Well, um, the, the second and third quarter of 2020 were ridiculously bad. Um, temps, I mean, I can remember being here in this office um, that day in March that we just kept getting phone call after phone call mm. that the temp assignments were ending. Temp, you know, we, we've got to shut down. And employers didn't know how to have temps work from home, let alone, well, they didn't know how to have their own employees work from home, let alone somebody who didn't work for them work from home. <laughs> so the first thing that went were the temps. Right. We had a couple employers, you know, hang on and still do continue to do hiring because what they were doing were essential services and they had to keep going. Um, so second quarter and third quarter were, were not good at all. And then um, we started to see that employers figured it out by fourth quarter. They figured out how to hire and have a new employee onboarded remotely, ship their equipment, get them trained, and they, they figured it out. And then once we got into 2021 in the first quarter and um, the vaccines became available, uh, employers started to really try to get back everybody that they had let go in the second and third quarter. And then some, I think. So it wasn't, it wasn't so much getting people back that they had let go because we didn't really work in those industries where people were like the hospitality uh, or restaurant industry. Right. Uh, there was just business. And and I'm sure that has a lot to do with the influx of, of money to businesses. You know, people just had money to spend. Sure. So, um, you know, it was, and, and then it's been good. Now I do, I do worry about the rest of this year. We've had a good first quarter. Um, but you know, with what's, what's going on in the banking and what the fed is trying to do with, um, uh, curbing inflation and they are trying to, to bring the, to cool the job market off. I, I do really think that they are finally making some progress, but you can check back with me in three months. <laughs> so. so this database that you've built, it seems like it's really um, a valuable tool because it's it kind is. of like the, um, it is. where you guys go to, to match, to it's do the, the match making. It's the first place we go. So we get a call from an employer and employer says, I want A, B, and C. We will go into the database and put A, B, and C in and hopefully um, have some matches, reach out to those candidates um, and and hopefully make a placement. That, that's the ideal situation. Now that it doesn't always happen. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask if there's there no matches, then how, how does that? Yeah. So then, so then we, we do have access to other databases Got that it. we work with. So, you know, we work with Indeed, we work with ZipRecruiter, um, but we always go to our own database first. And, and that, those, I mean, perfectly honest with you, those databases were built through working with Indeed and Career Builder through the years. Right. That's where we got our people from. But then once they're in our database, that's the first place we go. And we will, I will tell you, you know, in the last three to four months, I think there was a candidate who registered with us in 2007. Wow. And she'd been getting emails all this time. You know, we'd hear from her every now and then. We didn't have the right match, but we finally had the right thing for her. And she interviewed and she got the job. So when that happens, it just makes my heart sing because number one, as a business owner, that placement didn't cost me any money. It may have cost me money in the past to recruit her into the database in 20, in 2007, but it didn't cost me any money this year. Right. So that's the most efficient way we can make a placement from a business mm. perspective. Um, and then, you know, there will be people from two years ago, 10 years ago, but I love it 
when we make a placement of somebody who registered in like 03, 07, <laughs> even 2012, you know, it's just like, yes, this works. This is the way it's supposed to work. I mean, it's, it seems like there's real value in that because even like, yeah, you have the access to whatever, you know, Monster in, Indeed or whatever. The they other know us. Are. They have a relationship with us. Sure. They've interviewed with us prior to COVID. We met everybody in person. Right. M- hundreds of thousands of people have come through this office, sat in this conference room and done an interview. Um. So yeah, the, the, it's hard to put. Uh, yeah, it, 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 Yes. Absolutely. So I guess unlike some businesses where, you know, they basically have like one set of clients, you guys kind of have two. Yes, we do. You have your people who you're trying to place and then the the business owners who are trying to find people. Yes. And only one of them pays us. Yes. So the employer pays us. Candidates do not. Um, And so we have to please both parties. We can't put um, square peg in a round hole because it's just going to pop out and that's going to cause us a problem later. Right. down the road. And yes, we absolutely have two sets of clients, although the employer is the only one that does pay for the service. <clears throat> so it seems like you, you are con- you're constantly kind of building both sides of that. Absolutely. More people and then absolutely. more places absolutely. to put them. Yes, absolutely. And as a, as a, somebody who's been in business for 25 years, clients come and go right, for a variety of reasons. You know, it, the life of client, you don't ever keep one forever. And so you always have to be looking for new customers for new clients um, because, you know, the lifespan, I I once heard or read, you know, that the, you know, it's a seven to eight year lifespan mm-hmm. and then that, that's about right. That's about right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just things change. Um, owners change. Um, management changes. It's nothing that we did wrong. You know, it's just, it just changes. It's just the way it yeah. is. Yeah. So how much of the um, the stuff that you place, is that a lot of repeat clients? Is it you know, new businesses typically? Or what percentage would you say is like the same employers who you're working with looking for new people or new roles? I would say more um, repeat business, although we're always having new ones come in all the time. And we have mm-hmm. a lot of new ones during COVID because they really, employers really had a difficult time. So if you're having, if you can't fill a job on your own, you need help, you call right. us. Um, but if I look back, um, if I look back at, at our client um, roster, so to speak, um, five or six years ago, I think there would be very few repeats. Hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a constantly changing game. It really is. Um, we talked before about some of the automation stuff mm-hmm. that's coming. Um, do you think that 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 will continue to oh. escalate in the same way that it has yeah. already? Yes. I was just at a conference uh, a couple of weeks ago, and there's a software called Sense, uh, spelled S-E-N-S-E, hmm. and it uses AI to keep in contact with your candidates. It's just for the staffing industry. Um, to, wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. So one of the things that we did post-COVID was, you know, we set up every interview by hand, mm-hmm. person to person. We don't do that anymore. Both of our recruiters have a calendar. If you want to have an interview, they send you a link. You pick your interview time. You do it yourself. Um, so things like that, again, you know, where that may have taken me had had two employees 20 years ago setting up interviews. I don't have anybody doing it now. Right. It's only going to continue. It's only going to continue. And I don't, and I think it only makes sense. I mean, from a, from a perspective of, you know, I, I was reading a book, it's a really good book um, called deep work about, about email exchanges and how some of that can drag on like your productivity. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if I'm, if it takes us like what, five or six emails to go back and forth right. to establish a time. Right. It's like, right. What, what's going on? You right. know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, it's right. just work for you. Oh, well, well, right. here, well how about and, you just, here's my calendar, pick one. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and as a, a personal consumer of other businesses, I hate calling in to make an appointment. Right. Please give me a calendar <laughs> that I can access at home at eight o'clock at night right. and register and pick a time for an appointment. Right. I don't want to call you. 
Yeah. I don't talk to her. There's also like less time. I mean, less uh, cases of user error. Oh, they didn't put it in right. Now I don't have my appointment. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I, now I have it. I know I have a confirmation. It's in their yeah. system. And then the system that we have set up will remind you. I like, and as a personal consumer, I like getting those reminders. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to call and talk to anyone. So why would, you know, to make an appointment, that's all just, <laughs> yeah. just to make an appointment. Yeah. I know you've got to call and talk to people and I do that and you know, did that the last couple of days looking for a vendor for something, but literally just to make an appointment, <laughs> please do not make me call a person. What, what's, what's the competition like in, in this space? Uh, there's so much competition. It's crazy. Really? Everybody's my competitor. Um, there are, I had no idea that it was, it was like that. Oh yeah. There are a lot of staffing firms. There are national players. There are regional players. There are local players. And then my comp competition is ZipRecruiter. My competition is Indeed. Mm. My competition is LinkedIn. So, you know, as, as many ways as you can find to look for a job, they're all my competition. Mm. So, you know, a lot of employers will prefer to do it themselves. And that's fine. You know, sometimes they do that and then they call us. If they called us first, they may have spent less money of their own hourly rate. Um, you know, every employer has a different uh, philosophy when it comes to what they want to do. You have some employers who want to do everything themselves. They think it saves them money. And then you have other employers who want to outsource what they don't do well to people who do it well and then and then use their time to do what they need to do. And sure. That's kind of my philosophy too. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I don't, I'm going to do my own taxes and I'm going to outsource that. Right. You know, I've got a database full of people who are pre-screened and who I know, you know, if I have that, why would you go, you know, indeed doesn't pre-screen your candidates. You know, they're just, it's, it's a, it's a glorified newspaper ad. If, if anyone remembers those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's wild. I mean, and do you guys have like a consistent flow of people, like individuals who are looking, looking to be placed? Yeah. You yeah, just have sure. like, like an in, an inbound, yeah. like call, yeah. not a call center, but you know what no. I mean? No, we, we, you know, when we get a new job, we go to our database to try to fill it. 40% of the time, 30, 35% of the time we can fill it with a candidate who we've already interviewed. And that leaves a lot of, of that's 65%. So where do we get those? That 65%, they come from referrals mm -hmm. um, or they come from other databases. Um, so we are advertising on Indeed, we're advertising on ZipRecruiter, and then we're screening them. We're, we're making sure they're a good fit. We may not have a good fit for them today. Maybe the job that they apply to is not quite right. Maybe the location's off, maybe the salary's off, but we will talk to them, put them in the database, and then stay in touch with them and let them know what other jobs become available. And it might be five years, it might be five months. So <laughs> Somebody, you know, yeah. two, two months ago it was 15 years, you know, that's, that's unusual, but um, yeah, we have to have a constant flow. We really do because people retire, people get jobs. Yeah. 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 You have to have constant flow. And for anybody who uh, either on either party, either an individual or a, a business owner who might be looking to, to, to find somebody mm -hmm. um, what's, what's your model as far as um, if I'm an individual, how do I contact you? If I'm a business how do I contact you and what's the fee for, for the process? Right. So if you're a candidate, um, the best thing to do is to go to our website mm -hmm. and take a look at the positions that we have available. If something is a good fit for you, apply to that job. If it's not, we have an option that you can just upload your resume and then somebody will call you and we'll talk to you about what it is that you do want and put those notes in the system and make sure you're coded correctly and put you in the right category so that when something might come in in a month or two or six months or a year, you'll get the email. Um, employers generally will email us these days or call. Uh, we have a website that um, has, you know, an option to to reach out to us. Um, and our fees vary um, for the different types of hiring that we do. So a direct hire fee is a percentage of the salary that can go anywhere from twenty to twenty five percent, depending on the salary, the first uh, the annual salary. We also do temp to hire. So an employer can hire somebody and keep them on our payroll for three to four months. We pay them. We mark that up to include workers' comp, payroll taxes, 
and then a little bit of profit for us. So they kind of pay as they go. That isn't something that employers have been using as much in the last two years because the job market has been so competitive right. that if you tell a candidate, well, this job is tempt to hire, they're like, well, I'll, I'll go somewhere else. That. I'll go somewhere else. Right. Um, not, not all the time. It, 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 I mean, it can still be done, but it's just at a certain level of candidate, you know, if you're talking about a job that pays forty to $50,000 a year, you can probably still do that, but you're not going to do it for anything else. Everything else is going to be direct hire. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So employers find us, I mean, um, my staff, all of us are seasoned uh, in the recruiting and HR field. And so we know a lot of people, we, we try to stay top of mind to our employers so that when they do have an opening, they know that we're there and we can help. Um, and, you know, we get referred and we get, and more and more these days, we have candidates who we've interviewed who tell their current employer, Hey, I know somebody who can help you fill that job. And yeah. 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 Very nice. I had an employer in Pottstown, um, put it on his Facebook page and he needed an employee and somebody who we had placed in a job twice said, you should call the job exchange. And so we did. And we filled, he filled, we filled his staff account and role. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first time I had heard, I had, had heard of a Facebook posting. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm sure of the, over the course of your, you know, 25 years in this business, you are at least with the job exchange. Um, you've seen your fair share of stuff. Yeah. Um, so maybe give the people some, some of the, the stories or things that you've heard or just things you've experienced that have been kind of uh, really interesting stories, crazy stories or whatever you, you've seen. Yeah. Well, we, um, <clears throat> we work with people <laughs> <laughs> and we have, uh, crazy candidates and we have crazy employers. So when I started in this business 25 years ago, I thought every employer was the same, that every employer was fair and every employer was polite and every employer treated their employees well. Mm. And, and it's not the case. So, you know, we, we really have had somebody, I, I had a, a mentor of mine 25 years ago, tell me that I should get a book like you have right in front of you mm -hmm. and write down all the crazy stories and all the crazy things that happen so that I can write a book someday. <laughs> and I was 30 years old and I went, nah, nothing like nothing's crazy going to happen. <laughs> I really should have written, writ, kept the book. So we have, um, um, I have a text here from one of my staff members from two weeks ago, and I will read it to you. I hope you don't offend anyone. But uh, my staff member says to me, so was just doing a phone screen, asked the woman why she left her last job. She said the 72-year-old owner called her at 1 a.m. and asked her to do a lap dance for him. Wow. And we have a saying in at the job exchange, and it's you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. Although we probably substitute stuff for another or something thing. else. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you just can't make up, like I said, we deal with people. Um, we are not therapists, although sometimes we feel like we are mm. because, you know, people go to work every day and, you know, next to your spousal relationship, you know, it's, it's a, you spend a lot of time at work and, uh, crazy stuff can happen. Um, but on the other hand, I have people who I've made lifelong friendships with who I've placed in jobs, mm -hmm. um, who are, are good friends because I've placed them in a job or employers who I've worked with, who've hired people from me who are good friends. So the good definitely outweighs the bad, although the bad can be really crazy. Yeah. 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 We have people who, um, don't show up after three days. We had a, a situation um, this past fall, I think it was, uh, with a very good employer and the candidate on day three didn't come back. She didn't call us. She didn't, we texted, we did, we did everything. She loved the job. So we called in what, what they, um, uh, safety check. Um, there's a phrase for it. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, to the local police department. And, uh, she was not too happy with us. Oh, because she she I don't I don't know the situation, but she she was the home and uh, she didn't want her job anymore. She should have just called and told yeah. us. So a welfare check. Got it. 
Yeah. So just crazy, crazy things. And, you know, if you can, I always think that um, I've seen it all and then something will happen. Like the, the, the bookkeeper that we found a couple of years ago who was um had a criminal record for theft from her employer oh man yeah no we can't do that yeah and the one thing that's changed in this world that i started when i started 25 years ago nobody did a criminal background check on anyone Mm. now it's like mandatory it's mandatory everybody does it we do it for everybody everybody and uh you know and you know the the drug laws have changed a lot. We have a situation right now where we have a candidate who lives in New Jersey, jobs in Pennsylvania. Um, marijuana is legal in New Jersey, mm. but not in Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's a state state issue. It's a state, you know, and <laughs> yeah. So we'll 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 see how that that turns out. Yeah, that's that's got to be hard too. I mean, it between is. between states. I mean, if you guys. Uh, do you guys have a region that you generally work in? I think PA, yeah, mostly PA. PA. This is unusual for us to have uh, a New Jersey candidate coming to a mm. job in Pennsylvania. Yeah. We have a lot of employers who have dropped uh, the the marijuana testing. Mm. Um, they still will do testing for opioids and for methamphetamines, um, but they have dropped, you know, marijuana testing because h- how do you, you know, how do you make that judgment call in terms of if it's legal in a state? I, I, I don't, you know, every, right. yeah. So in PA here, once it became legal, medical marijuana became legal. Many employers just dropped that screening because people have, you know, you got to prove you've got the card. And it, it, I think the employers just decided it was more trouble than it was worth. So it, they're, they're sticking to the harder stuff. It seems like there's a lot of uh, more red tape that's become oh, yeah. involved. I used to, uh, 25 years ago, I would send a, a candidate out for a, 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 an interview and she would get the interview on, the, she'd get the job on the spot. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, you can start on Monday. <laughs> Does not happen that way anymore at all. So, um, you know, there was no drug testing, no background checks, um, very few reference checks. Um, and literally I would send a candidate out and they would get the job on the spot and start the next day. Wow. And it just, you know, it just doesn't work that way anymore. It's kind of wild. Like it, it's, it's in some ways it's like, um, you see the necessity for some of the stuff, Yeah, but you know, has, has that, a lot of that impacted or created a hardship as far as the processing of stuff or delayed things to the point where it's. Yeah. Sure. Sure. It's there's, there are vendors to pay and, um, time that's, that's wasted. But, you know, I think that in, in the long run, you want to know who you're hiring and, uh, you should probably do those things. Yeah. Uh, I think in the long run, it probably saves people a lot of, uh, trouble. Sure. Um, so, so for, for you and the job exchange, what, what is your vision going forward? Um, is it to continue what you're doing and specialize in a certain area or just kind of just continue business as usual, um, right now? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I have a great staff right now. It's taken me um, many years to come up with um, a group of people who are excellent at what they do mm-hmm. and who require very little uh, supervision and who just are really great. So we want to continue doing what we're doing. Um, I've never um, looked at trying to to grow the business to the point where I had 10 or 12 or 15 employees. It just didn't fit who I was as a manager. And, um, it, it just didn't fit me. Mm. I've always wanted to have a, a small group that I can get my hands around and understand what's going on. And I can do that with four or five people. So we're going to stay the way we are. We give a highly personal service. I think we're, we're really good at what we do because we have so much experience and we've got this database and we, we, we know, we know what we're doing and, um, you know, I just want to continue to do to do it for a few more years after 25 years. Cool. No, that, that sounds awesome. Um, I, th- I think it's good because I think a lot of people, they think that they have to just continue to grow and grow and grow. It's like, yes. it's like to what point? Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. And, and, you know, somebody once told me uh, a trainer years ago, it wasn't how much money that you made. It was how much money you kept. Exactly. hundred percent. And I kept, yeah. I, and, 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 it's hard. It is, it is, it, this is a sales business. 
good salespeople are hard to find really yeah. hard. And, um, I don't, I just don't have the energy to, 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 I just, it just was comfortable to me with four or five people. And I just think I need to have my hands around things. And that's just the way that I am. I, yeah. I you know, I just, I just know what's going on at this it, point. It seems you get to a certain point and it's like, well, you could just have, you know, three or four times the headache, Yes, but the net to you is still the it's same. Still the same. And it's, it's like, still, why, why would you want why that? Why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you, some people do. It's okay. That's fine. You know, everybody has their thing. Um, you know, I, I just, just didn't want to do that. And I think, I think that part of what it is, is I don't think some people even realize it. They don't, they, they just think growth and like, oh, this is good for the business. Yeah. But yeah. what about you? <laughs> you yeah. I mean, yeah. And I was always a working mom and, you know, my daughters are, are well-grown and, um, but I never wanted the business to consume, according to them, it did consume me. <laughs> That's another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I never wanted it to consume me to the point where I didn't think I was present on the weekends and at, at, in the evenings or on a Friday afternoon at a football game, you right. know, when they're in the marching band. And and I just knew that if I had more people, that that would be a problem. And it is a tough business. It's a tough business to find good people who are good at what they do mm. in this business because it is sales. and it's hard. It's really hard. It's not an easy business. A lot, a lot of people skills, you know, I mean? a lot of people skills, a lot of tenacity, a lot of not giving up a lot of internal motivation. And those things are hard to to find in people, but I have uh, an incredible staff right now. And if we can just keep doing what we're doing for, you know, a number of years, we'll be, we'll be very happy. Awesome. Well, yeah. I think it's time to jump into the quick question round. Oh, okay. Uh, so this is really just a, a round where we kind of go through a couple of questions real quick and you kind of give us your, your thoughts on those things. Um, so the first question, what's the coolest thing that you've seen lately? Does it have to be related to staffing? It doesn't have to be. Um, anything anything that you've seen, it can be, but it's up to you. Well, um, we were watching the um, Final Four, you know, the NCAA basketball tournament and uh, on channel on, on channel three locally here and 60 minutes came on and we kept it on and they had a whole story about artificial limbs hmm. and hands and feet and that they actually have technology now that if I have an artificial hand that that hand can touch somebody and the person with the artificial hand can feel that. Hmm. How the heck hmm. do they do that? And somebody yeah. can have an artificial foot and feel the ground in their head, they feel the ground, even though the foot is not theirs, the hand is not theirs. I was just amazed. <laughs> that is I was just wild. amazed. Just amazed. It's just, almost like some of these things just kind of happen in the background while we're all working. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you tune in one day. It's like, whoa. I, I was shocked. I, I, had, I had no idea. That's no really idea. cool. Yeah, it is. It was really cool. It is the coolest thing I've seen. The The gentleman did not have a hand. His wife held his hand. He, he, you know, he could feel it. And, and that's just am amazing to me. I never, I had no idea. I watched um, the movie uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yes, I on my list. Oh man, I loved it. It was so good. I, I really did. It's it's not for everyone. Yeah, but it's it was for me. Okay. <laughs> it was it was very very good. Cool. Um, so what what are some of the tools that you use on a daily basis that you really couldn't live without? Well, you mentioned Zoom. We we could not live without that. Um, at work. Um, also the the automated scheduling. I would hate to go back to. Oh yeah to having to set up every interview by hand or by voice. It's just, it's just, I would not want to do that. The time that I spent doing that. So the scheduling tools, I, I just think are really have been a game changer for my staff in terms of their um, ability to get more done and to not go keep going back and forth. Like you said, mm -hmm. on email for five times to pick a time. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. that's great. Yeah. Um, so what, what are the most transformational changes you're looking to make over the next 90 days? And that can be either personal or, or business mm, business. Well, I do, um, own the condo that we're in the business condo and I am going to be selling my condo. Um, we don't need the office space anymore for the job exchange. Uh, because everything's on zoom <laughs> and we're, uh, I've owned it for 18 years and, um, I'm looking to, to pass that on to a, a new, um, to owner soon. So that'll, that'll be exciting, but we'll still use this address, still use the conference room space when we need to. Um, but that's a big change that, yeah. that will happen soon. Um, it's been a great investment for any, um, 
entrepreneurs out there, small business owners. Um, I spent seven years of rent um, from 98 to 2005. And I thought, you know, I, I'm, I'm 45 years old, 43 years old. And I'm like doing the math on the rent. And I'm like, crap, it's a lot of money. Hmm. I might as well buy something and put my money into a mortgage rather than rent. And we looked at individual buildings and smaller houses, you know, on a, a main drag somewhere. Um, and then we came upon um, these business condos where I am in Limerick. And, but going back to my point is if you are looking at 15 more years of business and you're paying rent, you really ought to look at trying to convert that into owning. Hmm. Um, because it was a, one of the best business decisions I ever made. Yeah. 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 Um, what advice would you give to any entrepreneur or someone starting a business? I think you kind of just gave us some right there, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, 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 that was good. That's I'm, I'm very confident that that's good advice. Um, I would say that, um, you know, there are good days and there are good and bad days. There are good weeks and bad weeks. There are good years and bad years. You just have to, um, I don't want to say keep your head down because you can't keep your head down because you've got to know what's going on around you. Um, you have to adjust to the economy that you're in. We cannot as individual business owners or employees or anybody change the market. Mm. We can't, yep. we can't change it. If it's, if it's, there's going to be a recession, there's going to be a recession, but how do you get through that recession? What changes do you have to make either expense wise or, the offerings that you're making in my business, somebody's always hiring. Somebody's hiring. Now, the exception to that may have been 2009 and 2010, but I still made, I, I still made placements. Mm -hmm. Um, but they were more temp. They were temp to hire. They weren't direct hire roles. So, you, so you can't change the market, but you can adapt to it. And that's what yeah. you have to do. You know, I, that would be my, that, that is what I learned. And that would be my advice. No, I think it's really good. Um, besides iced tea with gluten and <laughs> coconut, what is your what is your favorite beverage? Well, I, alcoholic. I love a good sangria, and I will admit to a small diet coke habit too. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I try to limit myself. But does the <clears throat> uh, um, the iced tea still reign supreme? Yeah, it does. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's that's a drink of choice. But you know. Um, I, I will, I, I do have my Wawa habit. Yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, since I don't drink coffee, <laughs> it's Diet Coke. Um, well, thank you so much, Lori, for coming on. Thank you for uh, having me. Great. It's been a pleasure I, chatting. You're very and, good at um, this. If there's anything else that you want to plug or any final thoughts to give to people listening, or if you want to give them your website or contact info, feel free yeah, to do that now. Sure, absolutely. So um, if you're looking for employment or you need um, a good, employee, you can go to our website, which is thejobexchange.com. And you can take a look at our staff and see our backgrounds. Um, you can um, do the um, request a temp or get more information um, form and we'll, we'll reach out to you. I mean, I answer those in 15 minutes mm -hmm. or one of my staff does. Awesome. So yeah, cool. Absolutely. Thanks. Just thanks go to the website. Thanks again, Lori. All right. Thank you, Greg. Thanks so much for listening to the show this week. If you're not yet a subscriber, please go and hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, and all major platforms, and you'll get notifications whenever new episodes are posted. If you want to write to us, our email is leverageandbeverage at gmail.com. And if you follow us on Instagram, it's at leverageandbeverage. I'm Greg Slavosinski, and you've been listening to Leverage and Beverage. As always, keep pushing forward one sip at a time. <laughs>